Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up Chubaclaw on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? I'd wish you a happy Valentine's Day, but that's weird. So oh, happy Valentine's weird, yeah. Day to everybody else out there. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to the state of Arizona. Oh, it's the, it's the birthday? Uh, the state was created on February 14th, 1912. We was there Valentine's Day in 1912? I believe there was, yes. When did they come up with this made-up holiday <laughs> to make people buy stuff? Which one, the birthday or the... No, the, the, the Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. When was yeah. Valentine's Day first created? Was it Hallmark that created it? Invented. Let's find another reason for you to have to buy a gift for the one you love. Like, we don't do that all day, every day? Yeah. Um, okay, according to Wikipedia, uh, Valentine's Day, also called St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine, is celebrated annually on February 14th. Mm-hmm. It, origi- it originated as a Christian feast day honoring a martyr named Valentine. Through later folk traditions, it has become a significant cultural and commercial celebration of romance and love commercial in many celebration. regions of the world. Mm. Uh, 14th and 15th century. Oh, man, it's been around for a long time. <laughs> Pre-Hallmark. <laughs> Before Hallmark cards even existed. Pre-Hershey's. How about that? <laughs> long before they invented those little Reese's peanut butter cups that my wife gave me wow. for Valentine's Day today. Uh, the day became associated with romantic love in the 14th and 15th centuries. So, right. There you go. Why can't you just have romantic love without having to buy a present? <laughs> well, like, now, why can't now, you just have that? That coming from the man who says money can buy you happiness? Money can buy you happiness. You're, you're steering into conversations I don't think you want to have out loud, Gambo. I really don't. As your friend and advisor, I urge you I urge you to stop in the name of all in the name that is of good. Love. In, the, in the name of in love. In the name of love. Stop and back out slowly before you really get yourself into trouble. All right, all right, We're not right. here to wax poetic about the birthday of the state of Arizona or Valentine's Day. We're here to tell you about this Cardinals new head coach. That is our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach. Arizona Cardinals, ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. And with that, okay, Jonathan Gannon is your new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. The 11th head coach in the history of the organization since they moved to Arizona. He replaces the outgoing Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, we're going to get into opinions in uh, in this next segment, not this segment. Right now, we're just going to break down a lot of what happened. Here, here's what happened. Following the Super Bowl loss to Kansas City... On Sunday night, he stayed in town for two days. So he stayed Sunday night to Monday, Monday to Tuesday, met with the Cardinals brass and, you know, accepted the job. I think what I heard was late last night, but that it was that, that it became became official today. So Nick Sirianni loses both of his top assistants. His offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, was named the Colts head coach today. And he had his introductory news conference in Indianapolis. And then he loses his defensive coordinator in Gannon, who, by the way, I mean, it's not like this guy came out of left field. I mean, he was in the running for the Texans job and the Broncos job and the Vikings job last year. 
last year. He didn't get any of them. But it's not like this guy's just come out of left field. I mean, he has interviewed for jobs. His defense, you know, you know, you look, okay, why did they hire him? His defense led the league in sacks. They were number one in pass defense. So forget about the Kansas City game, but in the first two playoff games, they only gave up 14 points. So he had never been a coordinator before Sirianni hired him. So you got that to be part of it, right? So he had mm-hmm. never actually been a coordinator, but he's for the last couple of years, he's been the guy. And the Cardinals went through, they interviewed a lot of people. I mean, Michael Bidwell said he was going to cast the net far and wide. He did, and in the end, they end up hiring Jonathan Gannon. Philly's defense finished in the top 10 in points. They were eighth uh, in yards. They were second. I think they were first in yards per play this past year. It was the first time since 2017 that Philly's defense finished as high as they did. Obviously, what happened 48 hours in the Super Bowl, what happened 48 hours ago in the Super Bowl is going to taint a lot of people's opinions about Jonathan Gannon, right? I think a lot of what that and the fact that for whatever reason, Gannon wasn't very popular in Philly among the Philadelphia Eagles fans who were kind of notoriously grumpy about all sorts of stuff. Now, what we know is that he, he did that little video there for Cardinals Twitter. I guess he's going back to Philadelphia now. He's going to retrieve his family and they're going to come out here in the introductory press conference for Jonathan Gannon is going to be on Thursday. Thursday, Thursday morning. Thursday's going to be an incredibly busy day around here. Is that KD, here. too? You got KD oh at 2 goodness. o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. You got Gannon at some point in the morning on Thursday. It's just going to be a... Wow. I mean, just I, I'm just telling you right now, just lock it in here. 98.7, the Arizona Sports app, and we're just going to bring it all to you because it's just going to be a big old, huge, glorious day of stuff to talk about. I think, to me, the, the, the really interesting thing about all of this is that it, it almost... The way it's being presented now was that this was... Kind Kind of Monty Austin Fort's guy all along, which is a really funny way to present it. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's a really funny way to present it because we really hadn't heard Gannon's name at all affiliated with the Cardinals until about what Friday of last week, Thursday of last week was the first time people started suggesting, hey, maybe the Cardinals are hanging out waiting for somebody on one of these staffs that they want to talk to. And they were. And they were. But now you read some of the backstory. Monty Austin Fort apparently had identified. Jonathan Gannon months ago as a guy, hey, if I ever got a general manager's job, I'd want to interview this I'd guy. I'd want to interview him. Mm-hmm. I, I got hooked up with him through my agent. I, I liked him. I liked Aaron Glenn. There were a couple of other guys I talked to, like Brian Callahan. So it, it seems like, and that's kind of, well, I'll get into this in the next segment, but it seems like that was the predetermined guy all along. It's just the Cardinals took the very long way to get there by interviewing everybody in their mother over the last 36 days. No, and they did. They interviewed everybody they could. And, you know, we thought at that, at that time it came down to Lou Anarumo and then Mike Kafka. And then they ended up hiring the Colts and the Cardinals. I mean, both teams kind of waited for the Super Bowl to be over and then hired their coaches. And, you know, whether they identified him and, you know, they, they put him down initially or they went through the interview process and just weren't blown away by anybody. Look, you have to, you know, and I, I'm interested to hear what Monty Austin Ford said and what Michael Bidwell says because you know you really want to go through an interview process and the guy just hits it out of the park so what did what did he say to hit it out of the park because he had to say something that won you over 
for them to hire him. They interviewed a lot of candidates. They interviewed some former head coaches, Vance Joseph and Brian Flores and Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were interested in Frank Reich and they were interested in Dan Quinn and there were a lot of guys that had never been head coaches before that they were interested in. D'Amico Ryans never came here, but there was Ejiro Ivaro, uh, there was Lou Anarumo, there was several candidates out Frank there. Frank Callahan that, was Frank another. Callahan yeah. that they interviewed and in the end they decided to go with the Eagles defensive coordinator. They gave him a five-year contract. Yeah. Five-year contract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to, they're paying Cliff Kingsbury for the next four years and now they've signed Gannon to a five-year deal. Monty Austin for this is a statement uh, this is actually a quote from uh, our friend Darren Urban over at azcardinals.com quote Jonathan came in here with a lot of energy helped his team to a very successful season came in here as a natural leader a charisma to him it was a natural fit between myself and Michael our conversation from the start and we all share a joint vision of what the Arizona Cardinals are going to be moving forward Michael Bidwell quote we've been looking at Jonathan for a while I know Jonathan and Monty had spoken last year, and Monty was pretty fired up about him. I got a chance to watch some videos about Jonathan and got a feel for his personality. When he came in on Monday and put together his vision, his plan, it really seemed like it stood out. Close quote. Yeah, and that's what you want to hear, his plan. What was his plan? And Because we all want to hear that. What's his plan for his coaches, his offensive coordinator? Is he going to hire the Cleveland guy that he's familiar with from his time in Minnesota? The plan, right? I mean, that's something we don't know about. We just heard that they said they liked his plan. We all want to hear what that plan is. By Thursday, I think we will, but that's going to be a key to, to, to why they made this hire. Mike Tannenbaum, front office insider with ESPN, called it a smart hire for the Arizona Cardinals. It's smart. I mean, this is a young ascending defensive coordinator. This was a team that had 70 regular season sacks. He got a core nucleus of players better, and this is all going to be now about who's his offensive coordinator and what's his plan for Kyler Murray, who has a big contract and a big injury. So mm-hmm. those are the two things that Jonathan Gann's going to have to deal with right away. And again, if we're getting into, like I say, next segment, keep it right here because we're going to get into what we think. We're just kind of telling you what we know right now about this. One other thing that we kind of came to know yesterday, the day after the Super Bowl, was that, I, as I had mentioned, Monty Fort came up with a list of about 10 to 12 coaches that he wanted to get to know in case he ever got a general manager's yeah, job. worked on it with his agent, Worked I on believe, it with his right? agent, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so he ended up talking to like 10 to 12 different coaches and the three guys that impressed him the most. Bengals OC Brian Callahan, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. And there's this line. Interviewed them all. Yeah. And there's this line from Albert Breer that really stood out to me in all of this. Quote, I do think things are trending the way of the Cardinals hiring Gannon. And that's because I know this hasn't been as haphazard as it might have looked. Close quote. In other words, I know this looks like it's been really chaotic for the last 36 days for the Arizona Cardinals. But it's almost like Breer is suggesting this was kind of the plan all along for the Cardinals, which again is a really interesting way of framing this conversation because it has felt haphazard. It has felt a little chaotic the last 36 days. They talked to so many different guys. It, it just makes you wonder if, if if Gannon was the guy they wanted all along and they were just playing this long waiting game together. I don't know that I believe that. I just believe that they did. High, they had second interviews with guys. So I just think that in the end, they just realized that, you know, what we the interviews we've done. That guy's not there. That guy's not there. 
How many companies have ever, like, you know, interviewed 10 people like, yeah, the person I want to hire for this job is just not in this resume list. Mm-hmm. I got to reach out somewhere else. I got to find a headhunter. I got to get, you know, I think that's what happened. I think they interviewed a lot of people for the job and nobody blew them away. And then they decided, okay, let's expand and search a little bit more. And that's when they decided to interview Gannon. So I think if somebody would have blew them away two weeks ago, they would have made a hire, but nobody did. The Innings Festival is back. Two-day music festival with an all-star lineup of Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Please go to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. We told you what we know about Jonathan Gannon. What do we think about Jonathan Gannon? Gambo's been waiting all day to tell you what he thinks about Jonathan Gannon next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. I know I played that in the last segment. I just felt like playing it again. (laughs) Um, Jonathan Gannon is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Last segment, we told you what we know about it, how it all came together. We still obviously need to fill in a lot more of the details in terms of his coordinators and his coaching hires and what sort of staff he's bringing with him. But let's react now. What do we think that Jonathan Gannon is the new coach of the Cardinals? It's a huge risk for the Arizona Cardinals. This is a huge risk. Tell me why. Listen, I would have preferred that they hired an experienced head coach, a Brian Flores type. I, and if they weren't going to go that way, I would have liked an Eric Bieniemy. Um, I would have even preferred the experienced Lou Anarumo over Gannon. You know, there's there's a lot of things to be to question about Gannon. One of the things I'm just looking at right here in in one of the Philly papers, they did a poll: if the Texans hire Jonathan Gannon, will you miss him in Philly? Eighty two percent said no. Eighteen percent said yes. Um, the you know, listen, the Eagles, their defense. Had a lot of success, but their approach was eliminating big plays. They gave up a lot of yards in the middle of the field. And, and I'm looking at another thing right here. An Eagles writer gives three reasons the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. Number one reason, Jonathan Gannon will have no answer for Patrick Mahomes. They didn't love him in Philly. They didn't let Lou Adarumo in Cincinnati. They didn't want to lose him. Oh yeah. my God, I don't want to lose Lou. In Philly, they had good riddance. They didn't like the guy. It's a big risk. It's a first time head coach. He's only been a defensive coordinator for a couple of years. He's paid his dues. He's been in the league for a while. It's not like he's 28 years old. He's, he's a 40 years old. So he's paid his dues. I think this is a tremendous risk to go from Steve Wilkes to Cliff Kingsbury to another first-time head coach. This one, to me, risk all over it. I'm concerned. He's got a five-year deal. I'm concerned that he's, you know, that that this guy might he might not make it those five well, years. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's a lot of first-time head coaches don't make it to five years. Uh-huh. But I understand exactly what you're talking about. I'm I'm nervous about this one. I I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I hate it, but I'm certainly nervous about it. I too, and we may this very clear from the start. I would have preferred a head coach with previous head coaching experience. Now, I, I ruled out Vance Joseph early on because I just didn't think you needed a carryover from last year, but I really, a Dan Quinn, a Brian Flores, a Sean Payton, somebody who's kind of been there and done that. I thought that was, you know, remember when this whole thing started, I talked about Michael Bidwell kind of finding his Monty Williams, right? Finding that head coach who's done it. You can turn it over to him and say, okay, here you go. Go be the guy and, and 
and you've you've got experience being a head coach before. I'm going to kind of get out of your way and let you do it. I, I so I'm I'm look. Here's the other thing I'm nervous about too. There are two coordinators from the Eagles. Both found jobs. The Eagles are now missing their coordinators. I'm a little, if I'm just being honest with everybody listening right now, I'm a little jealous of the Colts and the guy that they got. Steichen. You know, Steichen's yeah. kind of the one where I, where well, three years in a row that offense just improved, 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 humming along. I mean, look, we talked with a, a Philly host yesterday, and he wasn't he wasn't anti Gannon. He was anti Gannon for the Cardinals job, and he was anti Gannon for the Cardinals job because, in his opinion, the Cardinals needed an offensive guy, somebody to get the very best out of Kyler, which is why who he hires as an offensive coordinator, and it sounds like it's going to be the Browns quarterback's coach, right? That's that's the kind of the, the word on the street. I'm nervous about this one because I, I would have wanted somebody with pre- previous head coaching experience. Without that, it just makes me a little yeah. nervous. A lot of success, but let's go through the quarterbacks he faced for a second here. You tell me, tell me, stop me when, when I say a good quarterback. Huh? Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, Good quarterback. Kyla Murray, Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, Davis Webb, Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson. That's the quarterbacks they faced. Mm Mm-hmm. Like this defense was really good. They had a lot of sack. They didn't play good quarterbacks. Cooper Rush and Kenny Pickett and Davis Mills and Taylor Heineke and Davis Webb and they didn't face a lot of good quarterbacks this year. They had a lot of success, you know. But like they he was heavily, heavily criticized in Philadelphia for the game planning. The, the Philly fans were just they just didn't like how many yards he gave up. Gave look, the, the Patrick Mahomes tore him apart in the middle of the field. And like I said, I'm reading this this story today from an Eagles writer. Three reasons. The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. The number one was Jonathan Gaddam will have no answer for Patrick Mahomes. Well, and he didn't. But a lot of people. Didn't, a lot of people don't have answers for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, let's let's be honest about that, right? Like, I mean, we're going to hold it against him because he didn't have an answer for maybe the greatest quarterback of this generation. Well, I hope this guy. Listen, I hope this guy proves me wrong. I, I do. Um, we don't. Listen, I don't know enough about him. I could just do the research on him, talk to different people. This seems like a risky hire. Now, maybe it'll pan out, and maybe this will, this will work. And I'm not against the defensive guy at all. Um, and maybe this guy will come in. We need him to be a leader of men. We need him to well, hire a good coaching staff, and you know, we need him to get the most out of the players on this roster on that defensive side of the ball. I hope he could do that. Okay, here's here's what I think about it. And while I share a lot of your concerns, okay, for one, I am not nearly as concerned about what happened in the Super. Bowl is some sort of gauge as to whether Jonathan Gannon can coach. That that to me is it, it was one game. You're going up against one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the NFL, one of the greatest quarterbacks who's off to one of the best five-year starts in the NFL. I'm not going to get hung up on that. I'll tell you what I like about it. All right, I, I would agree. There are things about this that I'm concerned about that I'm a little nervous. I'll tell you what I like about it. I like that Monty Austin Fort, a guy who came in from the outside of the organization, who had no ties to the Cardinals whatsoever, identified a candidate that he wanted and that he hired. Now, I like that because yeah. that's the kind of autonomy I'm looking for with this organization, right? That's the kind of, okay, Monty, it's your show. Who do you like? Who do you want to hire? You're in charge. You're running the football mm-hmm. operations. Who do you want to be your head coach? I like that. I like that he identified this guy and that this guy got the job. I'll tell you something else I liked about okay. it. Say what you want about the quarterbacks they faced. Look at the organizations upon which they've drawn from during this hiring cycle. The Titans. 
the Patriots, the Eagles. What do we talk about all the time with this Cardinal team? Successful organization. Changing the culture. Making it a winning organization. Understanding what winning organizations do. Who was your last head coach? Cliff Kingsbury. He came from Texas Tech. He didn't even have a winning record at Texas Tech. (laughs) Who was the general manager who hired him? Steve Keim. Steve Keim hasn't had a lot of success as a general manager the last five years or so. That's a good point. And so for, for me... Uh, we can get all hung up on Gannon's defense, and that's the other thing I want to say about this, too. I am not hung up on the scheme that he runs as a coach. I want to know how he is in the room. Is he the alpha? Is he the leader? Is he a take-no-crap kind of a guy, right? Is he is he, is he the anti-coach bro? Because if he is the anti-coach bro, I don't care that his defense got lit up by Patrick Mahomes in the second half of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. That's not the point. You need a guy in the room who can command the room. Is he that guy? That's the question I need I, to have listen, answered. And I think the other thing, to the counterpoint, like is you got to give this guy a chance. He's worked his whole life for this, okay? From Louisville to the Atlanta Falcons to the Titans, to the Vikings, to the Colts, to the Eagles, and now the Cardinals. He worked his whole life for this opportunity, and he got it. He's paid his dues. He has paid his dues. From that standpoint, you give him a chance. You give this guy an opportunity, you give him a chance. There may be certain things you look at, and me too, like, oh, I, don't, I wish they would have hired an experienced coach. I'm, 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 this guy's a little bit risky because he's only been a defensive coordinator for two years. The Philly fans obviously aren't upset to lose him. They didn't like his defense. So there's some things that are alarming. They mm-hmm. are. But you got to give him an opportunity here. He's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He's paid his dues. He's earned this opportunity. Let's see if he can make the most of it. Have you subscribed, I know Gambo has, to the Burns and Gambo Show podcast? You can subscribe right now on your iPhone and your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. You might be listening to us in podcast form right now, for all I know. It's the Burns and Gambo Show, and it's brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. So we have the big news happening with the Arizona Cardinals, and we have a game to keep an eye on tonight at Footprint Center. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo show the burns and gambo need to know twitter poll presented by sanderson ford the uh, fan duel text line is hopping today somebody on the text line quote i can't believe we waited five weeks for this <laughs> from sean payton to this not uh, cool cardinals <laughs> yeah it's can you, okay just in, in in an alternative universe all right somewhere in the multiverse universe, okay, okay. Uh-huh. If Gannon's defense doesn't get gashed against the Chiefs in the second half on Sunday, are Cardinal fans more enthusiastic about this? Got to be right. That's got to be shading what you think about this. That if Kansas you're a Cardinal City tore fan. Them apart. It's got to. It's because I mean, it was always good. We, we we said this. The second you didn't get Peyton and you weren't getting Flores, we kind of knew it wasn't going to be an overwhelming hire. It wasn't going to win the day. This press conference wasn't going to win the day. It's just, you know, now, but now he's your coach. Now, like, you you got to go for it. Like, you got to you gotta believe that they made the right hire. You got to give him an opportunity. You got to give him a chance. You got to see what he can do. Um, you may li- you may not like it. It's, it. It definitely didn't win the day. It wasn't like this, oh, my God, look at that. It's not the talk of the water cooler right now. More people are like, they hired who? Yeah, it, it, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, you heard Sean Payton this- here for nine hours? You hired this guy? Like, <laughs> seriously. When you put Sean Payton in front of everybody, Everybody, mm-hmm. you're understandably going to be a little let down when you don't get them. 
Eric, I'm sorry, I'm cutting into your uh, poll question time. No, it's here. all good. It's good to have you back. You got a couple for us. Today, yeah, we got right? a couple. If you want to make your voice known about this whole hiring, you got the text line. You've also got at Burns and Gambo on Twitter. The first one we had to test the waters. Initial reactions to the hire. Your three options are: you love it, you like it, or you hate it. <laughs> Uh, those are my only choices. Yeah, a lot of like people. It, lo- a lot of people are commenting. Where's the meh option? <laughs> so, you know what? There probably should have been a meh option. Like it, love it. Hey, I don't love it. I, I mean, I'm probably somewhere in between the hate and the like. Yeah, the meh. I, I don't. I, I I like it, but only because it's very different than what we're used to. In some regards, it's very different from Cliff, and this team needed very different from Cliff. Got to give him an opportunity. So I, I like mean, they it. hired him. He's your head coach now. Give him every opportunity. He's earned. He paid his dues. Six, He's absolutely paid his dues. Sixty percent of people going with like it. I think a good percentage of that will also fall under the meh yeah, category. Thirty point four percent, a pretty good percentage, going with hate it. Nine point eight percent say they love it. So he signed a five year contract. How many of those years will he be the head? Uh, Coach oh, here's the of money the question. Arizona Cardinals. Your three mm. options You're really are. saying that because you thought of it. You're so transparent over there. Zero to two and a half years. Oh, so geez. one season to two and a half. Two and a half to four years or four plus years. He sees that contract through. Wow. Now that is wow. a poll question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's definitely not getting fired after the first year. We're already talking about this. Um, Second, I'm going to go two and a half to four. That's what I was going to vote for, too. Two and a half to four. That one is leading the way, but not significantly oh. at all. 40.2% going two and a half to four years. 36.5% wow, it's close. going zero to two and a half. It's close. And not too far, but a decent distance. 23.3% saying four plus years. That's, okay. That's, that's a close up. poll question. That's carved up fairly close evenly. One. Yeah, that's yeah. carved up. All right, I just retweeted. That. Let's see what that will. How, keep those numbers. Screenshot those numbers, Eric. Let's see how much they change right. in the next two hours. Just to clarify, you yeah. retweeted the one you thought of and not the other one. I'm not like that. I'm humble. Oh God! <laughs> like it, love it, you or are, hate it. You are so you. You know that. You are so. No, you're damn right. I am. You are so you. I'm me. You know what? I like That's to be humble. I'm old school. I don't like to talk a lot, but at the same time, am I talented? <laughs> don't ever change, Camo. Don't ever change. Those are our poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. You can find one of them on Gambo's Twitter page. Oh, man. At Gambo987, the one he didn't like very much. He's not going to retweet. Why waste my time, right? Um, okay, so enough of the Cardinals Let's for go. Now. Let's go Suns here. Let's talk about this Suns game against the Sacramento Big, Kings. The debut of TJ Warren, the mm-hmm. debut of Darius Baisley. Um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what those guys can bring to the table. I'm looking forward to seeing them get in. No Kevin Durant yet. That'll be after the All-Star break. But what I'm really looking forward to is this matchup against Sacramento. I mean, this is a good Sacramento team. They get after it offensively. They got four different guys participating in the All-Star game. They got four different guys that are participating in this. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this. They've got they got Kevin Huerta, who has uh, been invited to the three-point contest. They've got De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. They've also got the rookie Keegan Murray, who's going to participate in the Rising Stars tournament. So, this is a... 
This is a very talented basketball team. They're coming off of a nice win against the Mavs the other day, in which Kyrie and did you see the end of that game with Kyrie and Luca? You have the ball. No, you have the ball. No, you have the ball. You have the ball. You have the ball. I don't want to. You take it. Somebody just shoot the damn ball. Right. It was seventeen passes, I think, back and forth between either, and somebody just just throw it to the middle and have a turnover because nobody nobody wanted to take the shot. They were trying to set each other up, but the Aaron Fox was incredible in that game. Mike Brown's done a really good job with that team. A really good job. Um, I don't, you know, they haven't made the playoffs in a long time. They've got an 16, 16 years. years. Yeah, 16 years. 16 years since they made the playoffs. So they've had this incredible playoff drought. I mean, was that I'd have to go back. Was that the Chris Webber team or was that after Chris Webber? I'd have to think about that. Remember when they had the, uh, Divac and Webber? After and that. I, I was we, after that. Yeah, we got uh, our intern who's working. Was it Sacramento guy? He's a Sacramento guy. Yeah, oh. he's, it was after that. Who was on that team? Go ahead, jump on. Go ahead, just give him give him a mic. And I'm sorry, please. Remi- yeah, Mike Web, uh, Mike Bibby was on that team. Oh, that was Mike kind of the, Bibby, the, the last of that, you know, early 2000s okay, trio okay. before was that the- uh, they missed the playoffs for 16 years. Yeah, yeah 16. Because before that, that was the Weber teams that were there. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty good. And that was the those teams were really good. They they couldn't quite get past the Lakers, if memory serves. But yeah, that was a pretty good basketball team. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Wearing a Sacramento Kings jersey. What the hell's going on in there? I didn't even know there was a, many Sacramento Kings fans. I no, mean, you know what? Our uh, our oh. Cardinals. Beat writer Tyler Drake, huge Sacramento Kings fan. I, I spoke blasphemy of the Sacramento Kings a couple of weeks ago, and he texted me in three, two, one. Like, what are you talking about? You can't trust. Well, let's my not Sacramento out all team. of our Kings fans at the station. We're kind of running thin now, aren't we? <laughs> I guess that's true. I shouldn't. I shouldn't out all of them if they don't want to be outed. You're right. I'm really looking forward to tonight's game too because yeah, I want to see that team play. Um, one of the top offenses in the NBA um, in terms of shooting percentage, in terms of points per game. You mentioned the four. All stars that they're rocking. Herder is one of them. He's going to be in a three point contest. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Keegan Murray, the rookie, is going to be in the Rising Stars tournament as well. Fox has just been playing out of his mind. In some ways, you look at the Kings, and there's a little bit of what could have been with them, right? De'Aaron Fox could have been the draft pick and said it was Josh Jackson. DeMontis yeah. Sabonis could have been part of a DeAndre Ayton trade a year ago. Wasn't, right? Those were, those were all kind of out there. So there's a little bit of looking at them, wondering kind of what could have been. But I think more than anything, right now the Phoenix Suns are fourth in the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings are third in the Western Conference. There's a little bit of a gap between them. Yeah, Suns them. moved ahead of the Mavs, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. the Mavs lost, they said, I think they moved ahead of the Mavs. They did. Yeah, no, this is this is going to be a fun game. You know, I'm mean, looking to see how they incorporate, you know, TJ and, and Darius into the lineup and, and just see if Darius can play some D. We know TJ Warren can score. Um that you know, there's good role players on that Kings too. That that Terrence Davis has done a really good job, you know, for them ever since he came in from Malik Monk. He had 17 points in the first half, uh, and he defended Doncic a lot of the times. They can rebound the basketball. Remember Sabonis? I mean, like there was a thought when when Sabonis got traded to Sacramento with the with the with the Suns trade DeAndre Ayton for DeMontis Sabonis. It was it was discussed internally. Like, it was an internal discussion. Like, would you do that? Sabonis is a bull in a china shop, right? He's got, you know, he doesn't have the length of DeAndre, but he's, he's, he's tough. He's a good rebounder. He could score inside. He just didn't, doesn't have a lot of length to him. Uh, but that was definitely an internal discussion. Should we, you know, should we think about getting Sabonis? Now the Suns held on to DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre, you know, with all the 
just talk about Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren and everything. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton has quietly had a few really good games in a row, right? Sure Those 30-something and 15 games. And then there's this, uh, this report by Bleacher Report that just absolutely, you know, blew me away. And I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know for sure if it's 100% accurate or not, but Bleacher Report has this story that the Suns hope to trade for both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at the trade deadline. Like, that was... You know, that was a, a Scott uh, uh, Palachek, NBA Rumors. The Suns hoped to trade for both oh, Durant the, and Kyrie Irving at the, the deadline. Fisher, that was actually the originating, uh, Jake Fisher originated that report. Okay, yeah, it was February. This story came out today on Bleacher Report, but yeah, just talking about that. Now, I don't know how you would have done that. You would have obviously traded Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving, but then they would have probably not gotten anything else because all your draft picks went for Kevin Durant. I'm so much happier this way. I, I mean, without Kyrie? So much happier without Kyrie. I, I'm, I'm Chris is going to I think Chris is going to really benefit here. He doesn't have to score. No, no, that's that's he, doesn't, he can pick his choose his spots. Honestly, that's the beautiful part about it. How many conversations have we had about hey, is Chris up to the task of being the second scorer doesn't on the need team? to be. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. That's done. You know, it's it's and and I I still continue to think that Aiton is just going to feast when Kevin Durant is out there. When they're all out there, DeAndre Aiton's going to get so many crazy wide open looks. I mean, it's just it it should come so easy for him with all the attention the teams are going to pay to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Well, so. remember this: as good of a mid range shooting team, it's not like they make ninety percent of their mid range shots. We have a lot of offensive rebound opportunities for DA as well. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, speaking of tonight's game. Tony Buckets. Great nickname. Tony Buckets is back. What should we expect of T.J. Warren in his first game back with the Suns? We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show here on this Tuesday. We're live from the Auction Community Studios, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Of course, never straying too far from what is obviously our top story of the day. Jonathan Gannon has been named the 11th head coach in the history of the Cardinals since they moved to the Valley. It only took 36 days for the Cardinals, and I say that very facetiously. It only took 36 days for the Cardinals to hire their guy. We will dive right back into that more reaction more opinions, things like that. But we do also want to talk about the other big thing going on in town, and that's this Phoenix Suns team that as of right now are all alone by themselves in fourth place in the Western Conference. Now, there's still a lot of season to go. It is extremely appetizing to think that the first-round matchup could be Suns-Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. KD versus Kyrie. Booker versus Luka. It's just insane to think that's what it could be. And then with the Kings in town tonight, the Suns, I mean, they're only two games back a third in the Western Conference. I think they could get third. I think they they definitely get third. third. Yeah, I think they can get third. Um, Kevin Durant. We there there was some footage of him practicing yesterday. He practiced with the team for the first time. We'll get a little later into the show into some of the things that Booker said today about Kevin Durant. We have to wait on Kevin Durant. It's going to be at least a week and a half until we see him in a game, right? Right. We don't have to wait that long for two of the other newcomers for the Phoenix Suns tonight. And that is, of course, Darius Baisley. And maybe more significantly to us because of our history with him, T.J. Warren. Right. He makes his re-debut with the Phoenix Suns tonight. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got for a whole bunch of reasons out of T.J. Warren. The guy can 
fill it. Yeah, there's no question he could score the basketball. Great in the mid-range. You know, the problem here with Phoenix that he he was always hurt. Like, he was always hurt, you know, with Phoenix, and that was a problem. Now, his role has changed a lot. When he first got to Phoenix, you were looking at him as, you know, a guy that was going to be a starter, one of your key wing players for many, many years. But, you know, as the injuries piled up, what he's become is he's become a role player. Now, you're always looking for guys that can score off the bench. TJ Warren can score off the bench. Like, he can. He can score. So I do think that that's something that, like, if you remember, anybody that watched the last Nets-Suns game, which was like, what, 10 days ago? Mm-hmm. T.J. Warren was killing it in the fourth quarter. He was killing it. I mean, I was charting that game. T.J. Warren basket. T.J. Warren basket. He had so many baskets in that fourth quarter. He could still score. If he's healthy, he's a scorer. He's not a good defensive player, but he was part of that. It was him. It was it was T.J. Warren and Josh Jackson and Dragan Bender and Mikhail Bridges and Kelly Ubre and the Suns were overloaded with wing players. Overloaded. Yep. And they decided the guys that they were going to keep were going to be Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. They traded Ubre. They they let go of it. They got rid of TJ Warren. They, they got rid of Josh Jackson. They got rid of the right players. They did. Now you bring in TJ Warren Brock and you say, hey, can you play 15, 16 minutes a game off the bench? I think he'll be fine in that role. Yeah, and that's um <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me, pardon me, I had a cough there. Um, that's that's You've said something about T.J. Warren that I've been thinking about ever since they reacquired him. Okay. Just about every guy in the last two or three years that have played for the Suns organization has been at least a decent defender, right? It's That's always been sort of a requirement of being a James Jones acquisition, one way or another. You, you, you better defend, right? That's just kind of part of the program around here. I do wonder... A, how good T.J. Warren will be at it, because he's never been very good at that part of this game. And two, how willing to look past that the Suns will be if he doesn't defend very well. Because we're, we're, we're entering kind of new territory now with the Suns and James Jones, right? James typically has liked teams to have great depth, right? Lots yes. of guys, lots of options. James Jones has kind of changed his philosophy a little bit on the fly with his team. Now it's very top-heavy. It's very superstar heavy. That's a change from James Jones. James has also kind of required his teams to defend very well, or at least have average defenders. T.J. Warren's not that, and I wonder if he's not that. What's like the the tolerance for his playing time if he's not defending well? Well, they might just feel like, we're going to outscore everybody, and there's nothing you can do about it, and I mean, that might be the philosophy. The other philosophy is like, you know, when they didn't have all these massive contracts, you know, and they didn't have the superstar players, they definitely wanted to build with depth. They wanted to be better than you at 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They thought that they could be better than you with their bench, their depth. But once you start paying everybody, Kevin Durant max, Chris Paul close to max, Devin Booker max, DeAndre Ayton max, there's just not the room. You can't fill your depth with quality players. You got to fill your depth with cheap players. You got to fill your depth with guys that are on, you know, minimum contracts. TJ Warren's on a minimum contract. When the Suns got rid of him, if you remember correctly, they had to give up a draft pick. They had to give up the number 30. 32 pick in the draft to get rid of T.J. Warren. He had three years and $35 million left on that deal, and the Pacers were like, you give me a first-round pick, I'll take him. So they were they, you know, they were just trying to get off of that contract as quickly as they could because he was just always hurt. And that's the thing you don't have to worry about to a certain extent this time around with T.J. Warren. He's a free agent at the end of the season. Right. 
I need three months out of you, TJ. Mm-hmm. I need four months and out of you. And he'll be playing for a contract. And so he'll be playing get, for a contract. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm not worried about the long. I mean, I know this sounds kind of short-sighted and selfish, but but I'm not worried about long-term TJ Warren here. TJ Warren needs to be healthy and productive for three to four months. And if he's got that in him, uh, the, the other thing I wonder about TJ, too, is, okay, he can score. We saw this during his arc with the Phoenix Suns. He didn't become a real prolific three-point shooter until kind of the end of his time with the Suns. He got good at it towards the end. He got really good at it with it with Indiana. He's kind of taken a step back this year with his three-point shooting and I do wonder how this changes that or if he's able to kind of improve those numbers over his three months with the Suns. I do think that what you're going to ask TJ Warren to do is exactly what you said a second ago. On that second unit, I need buckets. I need a score. You're going to come in and you're going to score. I'm gonna, I don't know that you're going to go many minutes without either Durant or Booker on the court because you don't have to, but TJ Warren will give you scoring. Look, he's a feisty guy. Do you remember a couple of years ago he got into that spat with Jimmy Butler? Remember the Jimmy Butler thing? TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler? I forgot about that, but yeah. now, now I remember it now. Yeah. I, I think Butler called him out. And Mitch, if you can find that sound throughout the course of the day, I'll, I, uh, I'll reward you with a mocha or something. You know? <laughs> Iced or hot? Iced or hot, yeah. Do <laughs> you think Gambo starts to go down the road? He just think, what am I going to get? I'll get you, you with something. With, uh, with Why don't, a, don't you get me something. Isaiah Pacheco's salary? <laughs> I think I think you make more than Isaiah Pacheco. No, I think Mitch. I would, think I think you make more than him. I think if Mitch were making seven hundred thousand dollars a year, he'd probably retire as the producer of the Burns and Gambo show. Yeah, just the point is, guess. it was just, it was a, like there was a spat a few years ago between T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler. They were really going at it. So T.J.'s a feisty guy too. You know, you lose you lose a little of that with Jay Crowder, but T.J.'s definitely a a feisty guy. Yeah, listen, he if. He just had a lot of injuries when he was here, so he can never fulfill that that massive four-year contract that they gave him. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, back to our top story of the day. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, which brings up kind of an interesting question. Cardinals have a ton of money invested in their quarterback, but they opted for a defensive-minded head coach. We'll dive into that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.